Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Josh Wiggler here with another edition of the Successions End of the Week podcast here for the final season of succession it's week seven it is the end of the tailgate party as always i'm celebrating alongside the great jess sterling jess how's it going hi it's me i'm here i've only watched this episode twice just a low for me only twice all right well let's put a pin in that i feel like that is worth dissecting for sure but of course we are not alone joining us wearing their brightest goldest outfit i have ever (laughs) seen uh coming to the succession podcast having just power binged the later stages of succession so showing up here with some fresh takes to say goodbye to week seven of the final season of succession we are joined here by brooklyn zed zed what's going on hello hello yeah uh talking about current media for once but as usual pretty pretty naive to the media landscape surrounding the media i'm talking about so uh-huh. Yeah, I come with my untainted opinions. Yeah, so you are coming to succession relatively, relatively late in the game. It's ending. It's about to end. <laughs> it is about to end. So it's decidedly late, I think, to the game. Though I feel like you, you're just catching up on the last few uh, episodes, right? You had watched seasons one and two uh, long before the final season. A while ago, yeah. yeah. Although I had had waited a long time because you specifically told me you didn't think I would like Succession. I did say that, and I felt <laughs> that, and I still feel it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I am not typically someone who loves shows full of hateable characters. I tend to want somebody to root for, and I am not especially rooting for anybody on Succession. Um, but it does feel relevant and a fascinating way to like look at something that is very reflective of our real lives. Um, and it's so well written. And as long as the thing is well written, I can be pretty engaged with most things. So yeah, yeah I, I had some catching up to do, uh, but I have caught up in time to, to ride the tailwind of the end. It is a brilliantly, uh, brilliantly written show. Once again, as we will do every single one of these podcasts until it's over, we will shout out the writers of Succession and the striking members of the WGA uh, ongoing. It's not just the the end of week seven of the final season of Succession, Jess. It is the end of week two of the writers strike here uh, and probably week two of like, a lot of weeks i think yeah a lot more weeks in successions final season head episodes would be my guess pay the people what they deserve to be paid they're writing this like brilliant amazing not just this show all the shows right yes, like we, yes you need people uh marissa garza shout out to her on the yellow jackets podcast said it right when when she quoted someone as saying like ai doesn't have trauma to pull from we need the traumatized <laughs> people to write our shows not yet right. anyway right. but uh you know i've had a couple of existential conversations with chat gpt but i don't know yeah. i don't know. you know what ai doesn't have data Daddy issues, yeah, you know, data so, issues. Yeah, so far, data issues, data issues. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
They say data, not daddy uh, mm-hmm. on uh, the AI. So, of course, uh, solidarity with the writers. We cover the succession headlines here on this specific podcast. But I always want to shout this out as it's going on and plans in the background continue to percolate for a special edition of Post Show Recaps where we're going to cover the strike in more depth. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, I just got to point everybody to uh, my colleagues, my friends over at THR who are doing really great reporting on the subject. This week's edition of TV's Top 5 with Leslie Goldberg and Dan Feinberg I thought was an especially really engaging listen. If you are interested in what's going on, if you do not know what's going on with the writers striking right now, and fighting for uh, what they have described as effectively the existence, the continued existence of their career. I recommend that you start reading into it and uh, listening where you can. We will provide you with as much information as we can when we get to that podcast. But I think that there's a lot of really great outlets that are doing this way better than we will do uh, when we get our chance to, to have a deeper conversation about it. So check out THR, what they've got going on. Uh, strongly recommend that top five podcast. But let's pivot Let's talk succession. Zed, let's begin with your takes, not just on the show, but as we are driving towards the end game. We've just got three episodes of this thing left before we say good boy. Uh, yeah, it, it does. I was listening a little bit to uh, this podcast from last week, just trying to sneak in a little bit of a sense of what's going on before hopping on today. Um, and it is like, who who's going to be the top dog, right? That is the name of the show. That is the name. Yes, of the Top Dog uh, was the original <laughs> title. No, yeah. am I in the wrong place? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think uh, I I feel good about the, the Mets and deal falling apart. Uh, there's a line in this episode of like, I'll go handle the libtards, you go handle the Nazis. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's the place you've put yourselves in. Um, you don't like anyone you've surrounded yourselves with. And that's sort of always been the case. So as I said, like not really rooting for anybody, but curious just to see how it turns out it feels i have faith that they'll stick the landing with something satisfying whatever that kind of looks like um yeah what does that look like to you what is a satisfying outcome here on succession gosh that's prison (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh consequences for your crimes yeah um yeah, that you know, Shiv and and Tom have this argument about how he was almost going to go to prison, and she's like, "You offered," which is what I was thinking, um, and you didn't end up going. So, like, move on with your life. You know, so far there aren't really consequences for for anybody's actions of anything that has happened on this some, show. Some significant consequences for Logan deciding to go and continue working on his son's wedding day. Uh, I felt like. Uh, uh, some like swift and severe potentially yes. permanent consequences for him at least yes as i texted you uh i just finished the logan death episode incredibly titled connor's wedding we had fun with that we had fun with that <laughs> for, for sure now jess famously you will watch every episode of succession a thousand times uh in between episodes of mm-hmm. succession so only watching tailgate party twice is a big deal yeah, I think the problem with this one is just like, the, to me, there wasn't enough. It, it wasn't the most compelling. I think there are two scenes, in my opinion, that are like really, really important in, in this in, to rewatch. And it's the it's the Jerry and Roman stuff and obviously the Tom and Shiv stuff. Beyond that, 
a lot of it is very, you know, moving of the pieces. And of course this deal is going to fall apart. And it's, it's not, the political stuff has never been my favorite on Succession. And I know I say that going into a very, very political episode next week. Yeah, the next episode called America Decides. Yeah. I think uh, the election chickens, damn, are coming home to roost. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't ever my favorite storyline in season three. It's part of why season three is, for me, the lowest of all four seasons. And I say that with still some episodes to go in season four, because I truly think they're going to stick the landing. Um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it didn't feel like something I needed to absorb so many times and it wasn't something like I, I actually wanted to I say this and succession is still pizza and pizza is always good it doesn't matter <laughs> um so it's it's still great it's still a wonderful show I just think personally this is probably my low it's definitely the lowest mark for the season possibly for the series I think it's competing with like one other episode for like my least favorite episode um but again, the Shiv and Tom stuff really bumps it up for me because this is we've been waiting, right? Like we've all been waiting for this moment yeah. to happen. And uh, if this isn't a worthy performance of an Emmy for both um, for both Sarah Snook and uh, Matthew McFadden, yes, Matthew yeah. McFadden, thank you. Um, I, I don't know what is because it, it. I saw someone online too is oh when people yell at each other people get so happy. It's like no 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 this performance there was so much nuance. In their performances, and you could feel, yeah, just the history there. It's and I yeah, think the Josh, history like, we called old aunts, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you, Josh, as as people who rewatched this entire show up like before this season, you can feel all of the history of their relationship in this conversation. Yeah, it blows up in this massive way that you've been waiting for, and I've been saying on a bunch of the pods this week that it just felt so surreal uh, to actually see them say the things that we've been shouting at the screen for so long, and yet, yeah. and yet they said them. Um, Zed, I know that you've already complimented the the writing of the show. You are someone who is immersed in the theatrical world. I would love to get your takes, not just on like. The writing of this episode and like specifically maybe looking at the Tom and Shiv scene, but also just the performances on Succession, because to me as, you know, sort of armchair theater enthusiast, it often does feel very, uh, you know, stage play uh, uh, adjacent with the way that the episodes are often located in one area, one one spot. Uh, just would love to get some of your your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I mean, across the board, for sure, the performances are incredible. They're so um, continuous isn't the right word, uh, but like they're always very um, like one episode. Like, you know, these people, these people feel very like stable in who they are and what they want, even as who they're like allying with week to week will change. Um, it is always it, after whatever is in their best interest. And that just shifts so consistently um, that it makes for really compelling scenes where you, you can't trust anything anyone ever says because they change their minds so often, but they're not necessarily lying in the moment that they're saying what they're saying. Uh, and so you have to kind of believe them and go along with what's with what's happening. And we do get these really I've thought about that a lot this season in particular, these really great like set piece episodes in an airplane or in like the weird Swiss retreat camp on a mountain. Um, <laughs> and you get to do that in a way that you couldn't do as much in a stage play, but you still at the same time have these really intimate close up conversations between just a couple people within the like 
grandiose backdrop of like the the wealth and the luxury of the show yeah for sure um while we're talking about performances i feel like this is a good opportunity to to segue into some of the succession headlines from this past week we always like to go over all the great interviews that we have seen everything like that um and one bit of news coming out of the succession space this week pertains to the continued adventures of the actors submitting themselves for the Emmys uh, and sort of the the drama of where people are going to land. It was a really big deal that Kieran Culkin and Sarah Snook are uh, submitting themselves for lead actor and lead actress, respectively. A lot of questions of where is Brian Cox going to go, considering Logan is in two and like 2.2 episodes uh, of Succession this season. Uh, there's a, There was some speculation is does he qualify as a guest star? I would have said no. He's main cast. He's in the titles and everything like that. But is he going to go for supporting? He's previously been lead. Jess, Brian Cox has submitted for the last time for Succession lead actor in a drama. Uh, they're yeah. not going to turn Logan Roy into a supporting player. This just feels like such a Logan Roy move, right? To be yeah. like, I know I was barely there, but I'm the lead. We need to have a succession Emmys. Just it, it, like remove the succession. <laughs> yeah, they uh, really, that's, that's correct. Remove yes. succession from the Emmys. Automatically assume that succession won every single Emmy that it was eligible for. So just like say that that happened and then mm-hmm. put the entirety of the sub Emmys, the succession sub Emmys, Put that within the year 2023 when we go back and look at the historical record. Zed, is this a good idea or a bad idea? Are you saying have the people within succession competing just against each other for these things as they are doing within the scope of the show? Yeah, do that. Yes, Uh, (laughs) and if the Emmys won't do it, we'll find a way to do it for them, okay? So we will come up with some sort of system with which to get all the the successes, the successors, I think, uh, feels very PSR, Mm -hmm. throner adjacent. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if there isn't some sort of succession throners to be done by the end of this thing. But the problem is that, uh, again, when we have both, we have Jeremy Strong, Brian Cox, um, Kieran Culkin, and uh, like all of them are vying for one award for lead actor for, for a drama. Obviously, not all of them can win it. Previously, Jeremy Strong has won for Outstanding Lead Actor. Um, but that that's that's all the wins for, for Lead Actor. It's only been Jeremy Strong. Um, I feel like depending on how the season finishes out, my, my vote, I don't have a vote. If I was going to vote, <laughs> I personally feel like Kieran Culkin is overdue. I feel like his th- season, specifically season three and four's performances, well worthy of an Emmy over someone who was only there for a few episodes. Granted, he has a really amazing scene that is like one of the best scenes in the whole show, but I would go Kieran Culkin. Yeah, Uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting when we get to awards season later in the year uh we have of course we're doing this live on youtube these end of week shows we always do live on youtube you can check them out vod is up on postshowrecaps.com slash youtube but if you are watching us live you can chime in at any time such as jess's husband will writing in and saying connor's holding one percent of the best supporting actor vote and it might sway things uh, <laughs> i think that this is a good point about alan ruck, uh, alan ruck has been phenomenal as chopping well. a lot of wood chopping a lot of wood yeah. as they say Plus, um, like i saw a picture online of like a comparison between connor and season one and connor now i'm gonna say 
Alan Rock is aging very gracefully. Hey! The beard is doing him favors. We love to hear it. We I love, love the beard it. on him. Uh, let's go over some of the interviews from the succession space this week. There was a really interesting interview up on The Hollywood Reporter with Alexander Skarsgård. Whoever did that interview was great. <laughs> Yeah, it's phenomenal. Me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I pulled this up specifically because it stood out to me. This there was this question that you asked him about the way Matson feels about Shiv and like how uh, you know is Shiv using Matson? And I thought it was really interesting that um, that he had to say that no, like he's one hundred percent using her. It's a wedge in between the siblings. He sees an opening. He's a predator, which definitely can't disagree with that. Um, he smells blood. Alexander Skarsgård would be great in a Predator movie, so I just have to say that either as the Predator or someone fighting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says he moves fast, and he breaks things, but he can read people. He sees that and Shiv. That's really interesting to me, and not that they can't both be using one another. I just like Zed. I definitely read it as like. I think it's because we are seeing from Shiv's perspective, right? Like we stay with the sure. Roy siblings. So we see like, oh, she's manipulating him. Like we, she got him to divulge that he sends bricks of blood to people. You know, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's not not a big deal. What do you yeah. think about the blood bricks, Zed? Absolutely. Is this a good way to woo? Wild. You want to woo with blood bricks? Is this how you win no. someone's heart? No. Uh, and I, I am more in, inclined to, you know, violence than a lot of people, perhaps, with my, like, stage combat background. <laughs> okay. And, like, not as averse to, like, theatrical blood as I think a lot of people are. But, th- but that's so weird. It's extra. It's really extra. Um, but the thing about it, I laughed really hard when I saw him walk from his plane to Shiv's plane on the tarmac barefoot. Um, having mm. previously podcasted on post-show recaps about We Crashed following uh, the founder of WeWork. Um, big, big, like, kooky CEO, like, startup weirdo vibes, um, you know, with a fun seasoning of, of fascism on top. Who, mm-hmm. doesn't, who doesn't love a bit of that? Um, but you can so clearly see who this guy is. And, of course, as the actor, you have to be in the mindset of your character and be defending those choices and perspectives. You have to be able to justify them to yourself within within your world as that character. So, of course, he's not going to say that Shiv is using him because Matson can't possibly believe that. Yeah. Uh, I just want to shout out one thing that he did say in the interview uh, it, in this exact moment, this question that I'd asked him about Matson's relationship with Shiv. Uh, Skarsgård said he sees in Shiv. He goes after that. It's worked. She's let him in where we're at now is he's still feeling the waters and testing her out. Is she also a charlatan? Is she just like her siblings, a little Nepo baby, or does she have what it takes? And that's what he's trying to figure out. And I want to call that out specifically because having now spoken to Alexander Skarsgård on the telephone, I just want to report back that he says the words Nepo baby exactly how you want him to. Uh, So (laughs) if you want to just imagine that in your mind's ear, uh, it was delightful to hear him say Nepo baby. Uh, It was great. Very good times. Very good times with Alexander Skarsgård. He seems like a swell guy. Um, What else is out there in the succession interview ether? A couple of interesting ones, Jess. Yeah. So with Vanity Fair, uh, there was an interview uh, by Julie Miller with the two directors of this episode, Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, And I thought this was fascinating and also gives me slight pause. I know I've been a little bit negative or... um, 
skeptical of the decision to have Shiv be pregnant this season. Uh, I know I kind of started the season like, well, did they do it before they knew Sarah Snook was pregnant? Like, was that a reason they did it? I was a little bit skeptical. I found out that um, apparently they had no clue that um, that Sarah Snook, uh, they knew Sarah Snook was pregnant. But at that point, the scene where she has the call with the doctor in episode four had yet to be done. This was this was like a late addition. So none of them knew that Shiv was supposed to be pregnant in this scene. That was something that was added in later, which obviously makes it even more of a gut punch when Tom says, like, I don't think you should be a mother. You're not really the right person for it. Um, but that I was very intrigued by. Not that like Jesse Armstrong isn't like a fly by the seat of his pants type of guy, but Gosh, them it's so late in the season for them to be adding that in. Zed, do you have any thoughts on the Shiv is pregnant storyline and the way that it's been uh, built into the show, especially in light of what Jess has just said? Uh, it made me panic in the moment where she gets that call, um, in part because obviously her relationship with Tom is so tenuous and because so many other things are going on. Uh, but then, honestly, I forgot. I forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, I was not thinking about it when they had this argument. Like, it, regardless, it's a gut punch to say to someone capable of having children that they shouldn't be a mother and that they would be a bad parent. Um, that's like a really emotionally violent thing to say to someone, especially the person that you were trying to be parents with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's tough to have. To, to layer in oh and by the way she is pregnant in this scene but we did this scene before that was a fact for the character is like tricky yeah and i th i think you don't quite feel that weight because the character is not experiencing that when she was performing the scene well mm -hmm. i do think you know we're there's been a lot of talk and probably too much talk still about the timeline of the season and oh, is every episode gosh. a day or whatever but like whether or not it's a day everything's happening very uh quickly uh like things are happening rapidly we are still like in this sort of contained unit of time it wasn't long ago uh that the that the the three b were uh, in Northern California drinking old Nan's vinegary wine and buying Pierce. Uh, that was just like a week ago at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, and so it was just four or five days ago uh, that we learned that Shiv is pregnant. Uh, if the pace is going to continue, we have just a couple of days left in this show before the story is wrapped. I really do think, Jess, uh, it, is, it is highly possible that this show will end with no advancement to the Shiv is pregnant storyline yeah. and that this will be one of those things as we hope, at least I hope uh, that there will be a lot that's left to our imagination. Cause I always think a show lives best when you leave a lot to the audience to, to kind of tie together. Yeah. That this might be one of those cases where uh, Shiv's pregnancy was written late into the show to some degree, because it doesn't factor that much into the end game other than your continued wondering about what is Shiv's life going to look like beyond the scope of succession. Yeah. I think we need to start being getting ourselves emotionally prepared for them, not really addressing any of it. It also does it. it I know a lot of people have been saying, why isn't Shiv talking about this with anyone? You know, why is there nothing? We got this one drop in episode four and then radio silence on that storyline for three episodes. Well, now it does make sense because it was a late addition. So if you want to look at it that way, I suppose we could say, you know, give give them a little bit of um, in a little go a little easy on them because it was a late addition. However, I do think it's totally possible we're not going to get it, I think 
I feel like we have to see Tom find out, but we might not. And we might need to be okay with that. And personally, I don't know how I'm going to feel if they don't even remotely address it because it's kind of, in my opinion, like, then why? Like, why did we do this then? If not, because again, in my head, it really clouds my judgment on like, okay, we gave our main, the most powerful, most like central female character, a pregnancy storyline. And for what? Right. Um, Because this, uh, this argument to Zed's point is heartbreaking with or without her being pregnant. It may be slightly worse because she is pregnant with his baby, but it's still heartbreaking because we know she has those fears and those worries about herself already. We already knew that. So it's not no news here. Yeah. Um, so we do have to be okay with it. I don't know that I'm going to be okay with it. Okay. I don't see. I don't know. Wait and see how, I don't know. how it plays. Um, there was one other interview I know that you pulled for yes. this week. Everyone's favorite character, Nate. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, f- I feel bad for him. Uh, he really get- he gets crapped on so Ashley much. Ashley Zuckerman, who, who plays yes. the character, uh, the erstwhile Robert Langdon. Uh, Zed, did you know that the guy who plays Nate was uh, the star of the uh, the ill-fated Robert Langdon Da Vinci Code TV show? No, I did not know that. Uh, I saw the movie, read the book, never uh, never made it to the TV show. Yeah, uh, so we went from Tom Hanks to Nate the Great from Succession uh, for mm-hmm. Robert Langdon. Uh, it was a really interesting deep dive into the psyche of Nate, uh, you know, one of those who asked for this kinds of questions. But I think, you know, it's really a testament to the fact that the actors have put a lot of thought into the people. Yeah. Even the guest the stars. Yeah. Even the guest stars. And like, uh, I love him saying like there were, there were, he says mention, he does mention like there were times he was supposed to come back and then the, the kind of, it got scrapped for whatever reason, you know, they didn't have him back, but then they, he, they asked him again for the final season. And of course he said yes. Um, but the, the reason I wanted to pull this article is because it is a good reminder. Even me who's seen this first season so many times kind of forgot that I, what you think of when you think of Nate is Nate and Shiv and then Tom making him pour the wine back in the bottle. Like that's kind of the first memories for me that come to mind. But there is this history with Kendall where they talk very early in season one. They talk about how when Kendall and Nate um, were like younger, they ran around Shanghai together. And so there is this bond between them where like Nate knows about Kendall's history with drug use and all of that. And so that it, the familiarity, I think, makes a lot more sense now when you think about the conversation they have in the hallway about, like, you're not Logan. I'm not Gil. That's a good thing. Like, they, they do have this kind of closeness that makes a lot more sense when you think about the fact that they were tight when they were younger. Yeah. Um, do you have a big Nate take, Zed? You got any thoughts on Nate? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces, especially at this point with who might be involved in the business deal, who might not be. Um, and when they specifically ask for for Nate to be at this party, uh, I did remember who he was, but I wasn't quite sure why we wanted him here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's following their impact on the presidential campaign. There's the Gojo deal. There's Pierce in and out of things. There's also dealing with the funeral. There's uh you know roman firing or not firing people uh it's almost like there's too much launch. going on there's for these lot, people yeah. <laughs> there's too much going on for these people and a lot for me to follow yeah. uh even having just recently watched all of this season 
Um, I think maybe not having time to like sit in the events week to week is, is, is making it a little hard to keep track of everything that's going on. For sure. And it does feel like the timeline is moving very quickly if these things are kind of happening day to day. Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's rate the Roys. It's time to rate the Roys here on the Succession Podcast on Post Show Recaps, where every single week we are rating the main characters of Succession zero to four. That's how we're doing it here. We're also rating the episodes themselves, plus tracking a couple of other thingamabobs. We've got plenty here on the Succession Podcast. If you want to get involved in this, we ask you to go to postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy is the way to do that to submit all of your ratings for the characters and given episodes, your ratings for the episodes themselves. We promise we are tracking these things for a reason. I keep saying for science. It's not actually for science, but let's keep saying it. It's basically science that we're getting involved in here. So let's do the Roy ratings for the tailgate party as we have been doing. Let us begin with the three core siblings uh, with respect to Connor. Uh, why don't we start with Zed? Who would you like to start with? Is there someone who you'd like to talk through their position in the show right now, uh, your, their journey through succession and where they are at this moment in the story and where your ratings are going in kind? Sure. Let's talk about Roman um, because I think, uh, as Jess mentioned, a scene that was really interesting in this episode was the Roman and Jerry um, interaction. And I was tracking and waiting to see if the entire scene, all Jerry was going to say was no, um, because they had several back and forths and all she said was no uh, before she fully explained like what her demands were and what the situation was. Um, And, you know, Roman's outbursts have a tendency to get him in some trouble and that has happened here. And he's trying to walk it back in a way that doesn't necessarily work. Um, and is going to have really significant impacts, not just for the company, but especially for him specifically, since Jerry was like his closest, not related to him, <laughs> confidant that he had. Uh, so I found I thought the performance was really good. I think like overall, let me ask you this. Do are you I mean, my ratings are my ratings, but is this more how's he doing uh, in in the scheme of succeeding? It does. It does tend to veer in that direction, though. There have absolutely been moments where it's like Alan Ruck was just too good to give a zero. You know, like so uh, you're and there have been moments where like you send a DP that someone doesn't want. You get a zero. That's the royal you. Let's just (laughs) the royal you. Yes. Uh Yeah. Uh, So like we do we do put our personal biases in uh how could we not i'm not above that Uh i'm not above much (laughs) yeah uh i've always been a little baffled by roman um because he he just gets away with like saying the most ridiculous things and not being taken seriously and yet being taken more seriously than shiv most of the time um which is really frustrating but really interesting and i think karen culkin has done a great 
job in this role. Uh, but but Roman's in a mess right now. He's trying to pull out of a messy deal uh, and making a lot of mistakes along the way. And I think he's probably at a at a two for me this week. I'm I'm also at a two for Roman this week, uh, largely because I need to distinguish with him from one of his other siblings uh, in this episode. Um, I think the fact that Roman is getting these calls from the Mencken campaign does elevate Roman's importance in the world of succession. So like, again, this is like abhorrent stuff, but if we're just talking about their placement and positioning in the world, I think that that is clearly uh, a sign of strength for Roman. But other than that, his behavior in the episode, he doesn't really do much with, uh, you know, sussing out Matson in this. This is more a Kendall operation than it is a Roman operation, I think, in this episode. Uh, and he also does finally step up, at least theoretically, to like, I'm going to take a role here. Uh, he's volunteering to be the person who speaks at Logan's funeral, whether that's next episode or further down the line uh, is to be determined or whether or not it even happens because I have such a hard time imagining it. Um, so I ended up with a two for Roman, and I think I probably could have gone even lower. Ultimately, I wonder where you landed, Jess. I did go lower. Yeah. I give him a one. <laughs> um, this is a terrible episode for Roman. Uh, beyond the fact that he just thinks, "Oh, Jerry showed up. Is she like over it?" No, Roman, she's not <laughs> over it. Like she just hands him, just like, uh, just eat this, eat this dirt. Like eat it, you know. Like she, she really does serve up this amazing. Jake Cameron Smith, I love her so much. That conversation between Roman and Jerry was everything we needed because you could tell she's disappointed in him. She did want to make their partnership work, and he ruined it. And not only that, she has so many photos of his genitalia, like lot, just yeah. like all the receipts. Um, and on top of that, I think any of the credit we're going to be giving, yeah, maybe he calls rat effer Tomas to get the, the dirty lowdown on, uh, how many on rat effers are there? He, that's just two. He's an apprentice rat effer. Okay. Got it. Rat effer Sam and rat effer Tomas. Yeah. Um, uh, junior deputy rat effer yes. is what we're dealing with. Got it. Um, but you know, maybe he's the proxy for that, but I feel like it's Kendall who's getting a lot more of the credit for all of those moves. So, I gave him a one. Even talking to Ebba, right? Like, he's so awkward. And he's not even... The, and uh, Kendall doesn't do much better either. But they're both so bad in that scene. So I just didn't feel like he really was warranted a lot of points here. Sure. Um, well, let's let's go to his co-CE bro and talk through Kendall Roy. Zed, you got big Kendall takes. I find Kendall so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, as a character... And what do you think I of have... Jeremy Strong and Jeremy Strong doing the method, all of this? I'm never the biggest fan. I feel like the people who are the most outspoken about being method actors are like the worst advocates for method acting. So I always kind of like tiptoe around those things. And I spoke about this. We look back this. at We Crashed, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I spoke a lot about this during, during my time on We Crashed. Um, Kendall can't say like an honest word to anyone to save his life. 
he has sworn up and down to his siblings that they're all in this together. And then he's like sort of in it with Roman, but also not in it with Roman and is, you know, talking out of both sides of his mouth to every single person in the room to get anybody to do what he wants them to do. Like per last week, like, yes, Kendall, thank you for the new fun rule. Kendall, like we'll do whatever you say, Kendall. Um, And even as he seems to have his like sobriety together at this point in time, uh, and be focused on the business it's still I made this deal and I want this deal but now I want to blow up this deal but I don't want to tell my sister that I want to blow up this deal too much because then she'll have information um, and I want to talk to just Frank and Frank's going to be my guy and we're going to make these choices and do good things together <sighs> why Frankie and Stop Kenny it. at it again Frankie yeah. and Kenny not not chair and CEO just Frankie and Kenny get out of here stop it yeah uh where did you where did you rate kendall ultimately i i think he's the one for me i think you know as bad of a time as roman is having kendall doesn't even realize what's going on with roman or with shiv and is making decisions that are not working and is trying to pull in nate and that's not working like everyone he's going to is just kind of laughing at him and say no you're wrong from both from like both directions like it's both a it's a bad idea no matter who he's talking to he's just kind of stuck and and trying to make secret plans to get out of it that also don't seem like they're gonna work Jess where did you land with Kendall Roy here at the tailgate party I waffled a bit but I ultimately landed on a two for him I do think he's kind of the reason they get this Madsen info and he knows like kind of the what what the consequences are going to be of that information he also always seems to be one step ahead of his siblings because he's the most ruthless because he's the killer because he's willing to cut them off but um he he doesn't know that Shiv has been working with Matson which is a huge you know you got to take points away for that on top of that this conversation he has with Rava is awful it's so so awful and i i need to bring it up because we didn't talk a ton about it on on uh, our podcast the the first one of the week it just feels like he is he is his his father's son he's logan he is saying oh i've worked so hard for this i'm trying where were you when this happened you know trying to blame rava it's almost like kendall roy is method acting uh and like (laughs) kendall is trying to be as close to his father as possible by approximating his parenting style which is to say negligent bordering on abusive yeah it really is one of those things where um he he succeeds despite himself some of the time you don't expect him to succeed all of the time but he sometimes does by like the skin of his teeth and that's kind of how i feel about him having that conversation with frank of uh oh we're gonna eat them instead of them eating us like will it work maybe not but he'll probably still be okay because he's kendall and he gets away with things um so i couldn't really go higher than a two despite the fact that he did pull some decent moves this episode yeah i i landed in the same spot for basically the the same reasons i think like there was a world where i was a little higher on kendall uh the opening scene with him uh and rava is is like very easy to forget because so much else happens yeah in the episode but it's this like prelude to the really awful conversation that shiv and tom are going to end up having uh so it's just like maybe like 
the narrative utility there is to prime you for like, oh, if you thought this was bad, uh, exactly. strap in because this is the episode where these uh, these arguments are gonna are gonna start coming out. Um, so it's it's very very bad, but I do think that Kendall uh, Kendall plays the role of Logan very effectively in this episode. Um, so you know, uh, I think that there's. Uh, there's some interesting stuff going on with him. Let's move on to Shiv. And I think by moving on to Shiv, we'll also get into Tom. I think we could talk about the two of them hand in hand. I gave both of them a one uh, is where I landed with Shiv and Tom. And that, that single point really does come down to a measure of sympathy for them both. Like they, they're both clearly like in such pain. They've caused each other so much pain. They both have very valid points in their argument and none of this is particularly pleasant. So I didn't want to just fully zero them out. But gosh, really, really awful. Uh, Tom has been told to everybody in that room, 40 of the most important people in the country are now being informed that Tom is going to be fired imminently. Uh, so that's very bad for Tom. And then Shiv has attached herself to a person who she now has basically concrete proof is a phony and beyond the fact that he's a bit of a phony he also seems to be really waffling when she puts in her request of oh, hey what have you done for me lately he told her initially you can have whatever you want and when she basically says then ceo is kind of what i want three varies uh he needs to take a lap he needs to think about it so i don't think that shiv is in particularly good position either and then there's just the ugliness of this whole the scorpion and the scorpion uh happening in this episode so uh one's for both of them zed how are you feeling about shiv and tom here yeah i think i feel the same uh you know they both hitched their wagons to to things that kind of went off a cliff where tom stuck with logan while shiv was working with her siblings and that obviously drove a big wedge between them and then tom got kind of hung out to dry with logan's death and that's not going well and shiv who never really believed in matson in the first place and was against this deal happening then has kind of has double crossed her family as she says uh for for a phony for a guy who is has all the she's going to build a second india in order to succeed um and and she, when she makes her demands and he says, can I think about it? And she says, no, uh, that somehow turns into, okay, well, we'll, we'll circle back, which is the same as I'm going to think about it. And then right. we'll talk about it. That's not good. You need an emphatic. Yes. You can have whatever you want because you're my inside man to making this deal work. Uh, should mean you have carte blanche to, to end up wherever you want on the other side of the deal. Yeah. Um, it's rough. And the Scorpion gift was was weird and gross. Like, your relationship is not back in a stable enough place where that's funny and okay. Yeah. Um, What's yeah. the timeline? How, much, how long should he have waited before he gave her the Scorpion? Never. Yeah? Never. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's never a good gift. Uh, uh, and the timeline feels a little fuzzy to me with however much time passed between the end of season three and the start of season four. Uh, it's like was uh, a few a months jump. at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the start of, at the start of this season, they were very much not together, very separated. He's busy, you know, being part of the dumpster brothers or whatever he and Greg <laughs> yeah. were called. Um, disgusting. That's it. Disgusting uh, brothers. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Um, and now he thinks this is going to be funny. Like it is so you are so barely back together hanging on by like, you know, the thread of a spider, which would have been another inappropriate gift. Um, 
what is going on? Why? Yeah. Why did you think that was a good idea? And yeah, the argument is so rough. And he just he says some things that you cannot take back. I mean, they both do. Yeah. Uh, Jess, you cannot take back your scores mm-hmm. once you give them. So be very considerate in this moment. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be the one who differentiates between the two characters. I did not give them the same score. I gave Shiva one and Tom a zero. Okay. Uh, and the reason I did that is because while I think they both had really bad episodes, like actual really catastrophic episodes, both personally and professionally, I think Tom, I, I am in agreement with Tom when he says, You've been saying, like, I'm the one who's going to get fired. You'll be fine. You're a Roy. You will be fine. Right? Like, and I do believe that. She is the one who comes from wealth. She is the one who comes from power. She will be fine regardless of what happens to Tom, regardless of what happens with Matson. I don't think she's in as rough a spot as Tom is. Now, I also tended to get, you know, let's call that half a point. For that but also half a point for the sympathy of like being told that i don't think you should be a mother that's really really awful while it's she's so pregnant awful. and has like no one in the world that she trusts enough and to talk she's to thinking about that already yeah. she is thinking that you are telling her things that she has thought about herself it's awful um i think they both just have terrible episodes and i don't know where tom goes from here matson obviously doesn't like him which doesn't seem to matter much because the deal's probably not going to go through he doesn't want to be working for the three roy siblings like this is all bad news for tom nothing good here nothing happens and, and he's tired he's tired he's so tired let the man go to bed bedtime for bonzo he's so Please. tired <laughs> um so I, I i couldn't get i mean I, it sucks i hate it right like shiv shiv had a four and a three from me like the past two weeks right and then mm. like gosh what a steep steep just like jump off a cliff low score for her so it's a bad week for them both isn't great uh it's not great with that being said as we look to the other disgusting brother i give greg four i give greg a full four joshua a a four on the floor a highly efficient and effective episode for cousin greg uh highly efficient in the sense that he fired hundreds of people in one shot so really saving himself some time uh on on that one act He's able to effectively cozy himself up to the Matson crew, even though they really didn't like him, it seems like. By the end of the episode, he's very chummy with Oscar, the butcher with a smile. He impresses Matson. He's still in Kendall's camp. His options are wide open right now. I feel like Greg is the best positioned of any of the core characters on the show at this moment in time. Do I like what he's doing? Do I like a lot of the stuff involving Greg? I do not. I do not. And yet, I feel like I got to call it like I see. I think this was like an A-plus episode for Greg. I mean, that's fair. I give him a three. <laughs> um, uh, Stuart is saying uh, there's some confusion in the chat. Uh, which four? I believe is just from Stuart. <laughs> just yeah. from Stuart. <laughs> I, gave him, I gave him a three mostly because I don't know where he goes from here. Right? um anywhere he, he wants he's got he a does, meal ticket no matter how this shakes out yeah he still has the quad squad i suppose <laughs> um it, you know i don't know 
He was sent undercover to infiltrate Matson by Kendall. So if he's successfully ingratiating himself with yeah. Matson, that's good if Matson wins out. If he doesn't and K-Roy, as he calls him, takes that top spot, then he's, uh, you know, it was mission accomplished. Everyone thinks Greg's doing their bidding right now, but Greg's mm -hmm. out here for Greg. Oh, whatever i gave him a three go That's ahead <laughs> yeah no i think i'm i'm with you jess i think it's all a little uh i mean i can't give full four to anybody firing that many people even if it's what he was told to do um so many people yeah so many people and he's like oh obviously I i'm seeing some confusion in the chat i'm seeing some confusion in the chat you just getting that now josh <laughs> Uh, to be clear, you are all let go. Uh, HR is going to reach out to start the termination process. See ya. Have a nice life. Um, and going forward, Waystar is going to contract this stuff out to third parties in case it wasn't clear. Uh, we don't value your work and we're going to go pay other people less to do the same jobs. Um, so, yes, you know, Tom made him do that and he did it and he did it efficiently. And then he followed Kendall's orders and went and did great with Madsen. So good for him, but gross. Totally gross. hundred percent living up to the disgusting brothers moniker mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, let's see who else to rate Connor. Do we got thoughts on Connor? I mean, this episode? Connor has a superb episode. I gave him a four. <laughs> I gave Connor Roy a four. And here is why he is in, he is positioned so well. Mankin wants his 1%. Mankin wants his 5% in Alaska. On top of that, he is in the healthiest relationship on the show. Now, <laughs> it's all relative. However, he says, um, no, and no one here in this room takes me seriously. There is one person who does. I'm going to listen to what she says. And he respects his wife. And like, you got to give him credit for that. I don't know. I thought Connor had a great episode. Does he say some dumb stuff? Of course, he's only going to go to a place that has nukes, obviously. He has a guy calling him my liege. Like, yeah. you know, he, I gave him a four. He deserved it. Zed, do you have any strong feelings about Connor Roy, both in this episode, but generally speaking? Yes, he has used everything about this relationship and his wedding and his honeymoon and everything moving forward as a vehicle for his utterly pointless presidential campaign. Oh, yeah. And I say that has. as someone who is supportive of third party candidates existing and trying to break up the monopoly of the Republican de Democratic duopoly. Um but at the, but you want your wife to move to Oman, where she has to ask, "Will we be living above ground?" Uh -huh. Wants his no. woman to weigh in on Oman. Uh, yeah, and the answer is no, absolutely not. <laughs> I am not going to a place where I have to cover my shoulders because you want to go have some power. Get out of here! Uh -huh. No, 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 no. Uh, I I appreciate his willingness to like his steadfastness to stay in the race at this point um to potentially be a spoiler candidate that is part of the power of third party options um and dropping out the night before is gross don't do that uh but also don't ask your wife to move to oman don't use your honeymoon to go to swing states <laughs> uh connor's a two for me <laughs> <laughs> I'll go between you two. I'll give him a three. I'm gonna give three. It, Alan Rock was cracking me up. Uh, There's just something oh, about he's him, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I've just, I've, I've, uh, in these like winnowing hours here on Succession, I've just been enjoying Alan Ruck more and more and more. So uh, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him three. Uh, Jerry, I'm giving a full four. Jerry's got this whole thing figured out. She knows exactly yeah. what she's doing. She's in it. Honestly, Roman like did her a favor by giving her all of the reasons in the world. But like, you know what? Nope. Uh-uh, no way. <laughs> Didn't actually do her a favor. What he really did was despicable and horrible. But she's like, okay, well, I see you're despicable and horrible. And I raise you this many millions of dollars, this specific language, and an impending lawsuit about the pictures that you have sent me should my narrative not be supported. So uh, Jerry is uh, shutting it down with Roman. And I think good for her, full four. And this is not just because it's uh, uh, we're playing for the stands. Uh, we, we support Jerry on this podcast. Yeah, full four. Jerry could not have done anything better this episode. She is a woman who knows her power. She knows what she's doing. And I loved her just saying to Roman, like, this is everything I have and everything I'm demanding. And we could have done this together, but you screwed it up. And I just love that. And especially when I like Roman comes over, he's like, oh, can I have a martini? Like he like makes fun of her as she's getting a drink. And then she just like mic drops and walks away after her speech to him. It was delightful. Yeah. Full four. Yeah. I, you know, you both said it all. Absolutely. She shuts the whole thing down. She's getting off this, you know, sinking ship that is like bobbing along in, in mysterious waters of who is steering the ship. We don't know. Um, and she's going to get, what she deserves and get out of there. And I think that is absolutely the right decision to make. She does not give Roman any room to equivocate, to make any other decisions, to, to apologize for a thing that like, you can't really apologize for. It's been messy. Uh, she has not always necessarily made the best decisions when it comes to Roman, obviously, but you know, now she is standing firm at a time when it's really important to do that. Um, and has the legal mind to know how to go about doing it successfully. And 100%, full four, that's absolutely the right choice. Get get out of there in a good way, uh, in contrast to the other people I've told to get out of here. There is no Marsha in this episode, so she is not applicable this week. We have decided that we will continue scoring Logan despite his death because he continues to haunt the show, but he does not have to earn any points. Did Logan score any points with either of you, Jess, Zed? Did Logan gain anything for you? No, it, it, his presence wasn't felt. I mean, besides the fact that he raised Kendall and Kendall does feel like well, he organized for... the party. The party doesn't happen without Logan putting it together. No, ridiculous. Excuse me, Tom and yeah. Shiv. It was hosted by them. Well, it's already it was in motion. Though, They're triplex. It? Yeah, so yeah. fancy a triplex. Mm -hmm. I can't uh, get no. over how much space it is. It's a lot. <laughs> what did you, uh, Zed? As as a uh, a New Yorker, I would love to hear your thoughts on what Matson had to say about like, <laughs> oh, New York. You know, who cares? This can happen anywhere. Uh, I, I appreciated the line, like anything that can happen in New York can happen anywhere else. <laughs> um, that's not all true, but I think sometimes New Yorkers do need a bit of a coming down to earth moment about New York. Certainly, I love living here. It's where I have been for the last 15 years by choice, um, but it is not the only great city in the world <laughs> no he's like trotting out a couple of cities like yeah this is a really great city so you know yeah he doesn't have he's not mm -hmm. he's not necessarily i saw one. someone on reddit had a mug made uh that had the because because kendall says like oh put, put that on, on a mug cup. yeah yeah 
Yeah, if H- HBO does not have the best uh, when it comes to like their merch and they stuff. They really don't. And let it me tell you, as like someone they, who would yeah. buy it, yeah, low hanging fruit. Better. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're, we don't have anything for Logan. That's fine. Um, including no f offs as we're moving into the things that we are tracking. Uh, Logan Roy does not say f off in this episode because he's dead. He's dead and he is unable to speak now. Uh, He has only said F off once this season still. So a single F off from Logan Roy. Five dads from Kendall in this episode, which brings Kendall's utterance of the word dad up to 37 times for season four, 178 lifetime uh, here on Succession. Uh, Zed, we do a category called Blanks Dead, uh, which was coined in the first episode of Succession when Logan tells Roman and Shiv, Frank's dead, uh, as in he's been fired. So Blank's dead is either someone who has been fired or something that has died uh, literally or figuratively. Did anything literally or figuratively die in this episode of Succession for you? Tom I mean, and Shiv's marriage? Yeah, that's the one I was going to go for. It seems pretty like irrevocably damaged at yeah. this point. Whereas before, it it felt like they both wanted to make it work and couldn't quite figure out how. Like, clearly, they were people who cared about each other. But because they cared so much, they had hurt each other really deeply uh, and just didn't know how to fix that. Now they have aggressively said really, like, painful, mean, and I think, unfortunately, honest things to each other. uh, And I don't think you come back from that. Yeah. This is the second time, Jess, that Shiv and Tom's marriage has died this season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were only good for, like, an episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So What an episode brutal. it was. What an mm-hmm. episode it was. Um, uh, Daddy's favorite, the category that we have of who is Logan Roy smiling down upon. Uh, I actually don't really know that I've got anybody in this episode. Like, kind of Kendall but Kendall seems like he blows it with Nate like what's Kendall actually really doing yeah. uh, I don't have a clear answer for who would daddy's favorite be in this episode do either of you like who would Logan be happiest is with? it Greg <laughs> maybe Greg fired a hundred people maybe maybe it would be like look at Greggy you know like I feel like this would be one of those moments where be like Greg the egg you know mm-hmm. Yikabod crane like I feel like he would give him like the punch on the shoulder uh in yeah this episode. I could uh, see that I think uh, look a good episode for Greg because I think in the battle of Tom versus Greg uh we're tracking this as well this is a clear victory for Greg this week um Zed we uh put Greg and Tom against each other in every single episode they have tied a couple of times With three episodes remaining in succession, the score is currently 16 Tom, 17 Greg. It is uh, it is real close now at this point. Yeah, I would certainly give it to Greg this week. He's in in much better shape. His relate all of his relationships are better than I think all of Tom's Not relationships. Even mm-hmm. Not even in question. Um, rating the episode, let's do that. The lowest I've ever rated an episode of Succession was all the way back in season one, episode three. I gave a three point two five out of four. I'm gonna give this wow. the same score. Uh, I'm gonna give Tailgate Party a three point two five. I think uh, again 
all succession is terrific. There's no episode here that I would not be thrilled to rewatch because the writing is so good and the acting is so good. This one did just feel a bit wheel spinny to me at a time where I don't know that we've got time for that. Um, and I think elevated to a large degree by that final scene with, with Tom and Shiv, uh, but not enough to delineate it too much more than uh than uh lifeboats which is the episode that i gave the 3.252 uh jess i'm cheating and looking at the scores and you're giving the same score i am um because uh similarly season one episode three is my lowest rated i gave it a three and i do feel like this episode is a hair better than that one simply because in my opinion there are two standout scenes in this one that i would go back and rewatch: roman and jerry and tom and shiv specifically tom and shiv feels really really important whereas when i went back and i looked at season one episode three there really aren't any standout scenes there's a lot of it and shiv stuff that i don't care about um so i just felt like this one deserved the idiotiest bit of bumps above my previous score so i went with 3.25 zed do you have a score for this episode of succession yeah, I mean, maybe I'm a little higher on it than you guys are just because I am not quite as in deep into the every little nitty gritty moment. Yep. Um, I would go 3.5. Um, I, I do find the politics stuff interesting um, and following that along the way, like the whole who, what candidate are we going to bat? We're picking the next president part of the story was really interesting to me uh, because that is unfortunately probably very realistic. Um yeah, uh, tailgate party as as a what we're doing the night before the election uh -huh. is a little funny to me. Yeah, um, but I liked it. I thought it was good. Yep. Uh, so we got a three point two five, a three point two, and a three five. We are continuing to rate the Roy's and rate the episodes all season long. If you want to get your scores in, please do so. Postshowrecaps.com slash rate. Roy is the way uh, this closes out week seven of Succession's final season. There are only three more episodes to go, and you are either very excited or dreading this coming episode called America Decides, which does appear to be finally the election is at hand. I suspect that this will probably be very heavy uh, for a lot of us who have lived through recent elections. So uh, let's go into Sunday night braced, I think, um, would be my wisdom on this one. Uh, so I think it's going to be a compelling time here on the podcast next week. But Jess, it's possible that it won't be a particularly pleasant time uh, on the podcast this yeah. uh, coming week. Certainly uh, possible, but so many bad things happen in succession. So as yeah. long as it's good TV, I'll be here for it. Okay. Uh, Zed, we are thrilled that you are here to talk through succession. Where can people find you and what do you got going on? You can find me at Hard Rock Hope on Twitter or at twitch.tv slash Hard Rock Hope, where I'm currently chugging through as much Final Fantasy as I can before the release of Final Fantasy 16 at the end of June. Uh, June 22nd, baby. June 22nd. Uh, currently playing Final Fantasy X and raging against Blitzball at every opportunity. Um, but in the meantime, you can also find me talking about Crisis Core and our Final Fantasy feed here on Post Show Recaps with my dear friend Adam H., where we will be finishing up that coverage in the very near future uh, before Jess and I meet behind the mics again in a little bit to cover The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, that's all I got going on at Hard Rock Hope, wherever, wherever I am. Amazing. That's who I am. That's who I am. Uh, Jess, who are you? And what do you got going on? Yeah, I'm at the Jess Sterling on Twitter. 
Um, mostly talking succession in yellow jackets. That is my bread and butter. It has been for the last couple of months. I'm going to cry. They're both over, but it's okay. I will mourn the loss with Last of Us 2. I'm going to sleep. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, I will just rewatch Succession a zillion times again. It's fine. Um, but you can also hear me on Shit 90 Shows taught me uh, talking about Dawson's Creek. We're in the final season of that. And then uh, this month, we're also we're going to be I'm recording later today. We're going to be talking about Spice World. Um, oh, oh, Zed have reaction. It's a movie. I love that movie. <laughs> there are aliens in it. Um, Literally. Yeah. Li- literally. There are so many things in that movie. I, I, I was like, th- things keep happening. Um, I myself was not. I did not grow up within like the Spice Girls zone. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, wasn't my thing. But um, yeah. So that's gonna be a ton of fun. Of course, we have to have British correspondent who was also in the chat, Stuart, um, for us because amazing. You know, he knows. Um, but yeah, you can find me at the Jess Sterling on Twitter, and then uh, also Twitch.tv slash the Jess Sterling. That's where you're gonna find me playing Last of Us Two in a couple of weeks. I started up playing like dabbling a bit just to make sure I know what the heck I'm doing on Twitch. Um, but go follow me and check out stuff like that, like cozy games, and then also some light zombie murdery stuff. We love light zombie murdery stuff here. Mm-hmm. Of course, we love Succession. We are getting really close to the end. The anti-penultimate episode of Succession is what is coming up on Sunday. We will be live on youtube.com slash recaps shortly after the episode. If you want to watch the podcast happen live, you can do that. YouTube.com slash recaps. If you want to support the podcast directly, patreon.com slash recaps. At any level, you will get commercial-free versions of every single Succession podcast we've been doing here for the final season of the show. And just make sure you're subscribed generally. You'll never miss an episode of the Succession pods that way. Post Show Recap Succession wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to search by URL, the RSS link is postshowrecaps.com slash succession. With all of that said, Brooklyn Zed, Jess Sterling, I say to both you and the dear listeners, as America is about to decide, F off! Bye. <laughs> no, but seriously. <laughs>